When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast, either as a book club discussion with a beloved YA author, or a look at two excellent backlist YA books for your to-be-read list. Uh, I'm Eric Smith, and today's episode brings you two great books from the young adult backlist. Uh, books are at least a year old, and I'm joined by Farah Nas Rishi, author of I Hope You Get This Message. Hi, Farah. Hi. So, Farrah, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you. I mean, I feel like our listeners might know about you because I haven't shut up about your book. Uh, so, why don't you, you know, in your own words, uh, what is your deal? Well, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so, I am Farrah Rishi. I am the author of "I Hope You Get This Message," as apparently people might know. Um, I am also the author of some upcoming novels, um, but I will probably dish a little bit more about that a little bit later. Um, I also am a former uh, environmental lawyer, and I am also a voice actor in my spare time. And I also play a lot of video games, which I feel like is pertinent because that's pretty much all we talk about. I love it. Uh, so as a former environmental lawyer, did you did you relate to like how I get your mother at all, at all, or how I met your mother? Oh, yeah. So people would tell me about that every single time. And then, um, so they would make references to that show. I have never seen it, which is heartbreaking. I know I need to. Um, but I've also gotten a lot of like, oh, so like bird law, which I guess is a reference from, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like a bird lawyer, but I'm also a lawyer for a lot of other animals. But unfortunately, animals don't pay very well, which is why I am no longer an animal and environmental attorney. Oh, well, I'm sure they appreciated your help. <laughs> I, I, I try, I try. And, uh, and I hope you get this message. It published last year with uh, Harper Teen, uh, which, by the way, we are recording in December. So technically published this year, yeah. but they will be hearing this next year. Uh, so yes, podcast recording is, is really fun. But yeah, so it published last year with Harper Teen, uh, and it's this really lovely why contemporary sci-fi blend. Can you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So it is a, the story about uh, what would happen if aliens decided that Earth was actually just one big hot mess that they just wanted to wipe off the face of the universe. I mean, they're not wrong. They're right? not wrong. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the story uh, follows very closely these three teenagers who, in response to this uh, alien message... Um, decide to basically get their crap together and go on separate journeys, emotional and and physical journeys. In the case of some of the some of the characters, um, in how they want to essentially uh, spend their final days. That's and it's so good. Thank you. It's so good. I'm okay. such a fan. And didn't you announce some like pretty wild news about it? Mm, yeah. So that happened. Uh, <laughs> news. Um, Amazon, I guess, uh, decided that they wanted to potentially make it into a TV show. So I will be writing. Um, that's my next project. The pilot episode for. I hope we get this message. I am disgustingly excited about it. I still haven't quite processed it, which is why I'm extremely neurotic and haven't slept in days. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You have so much going on. I love it. I'm very tired. <laughs> Good night. 
Uh, well, so as of the recording of this episode, what are you, what are you reading lately? Um, like I just finished, uh, Be Not Far From Me by Mindy McGinnis, which comes out in March. Uh, longtime listeners know that we are massive Mindy McGinnis fans on this podcast. Her like stark writing and prose makes for like, just some of my favorite YA novels ever, like, not a drop to drink is amazing, and she's returned to this survivalist YA that's made me love her so much, uh, you know, after that debut. Um, so in Be Not Far From Me, a teen goes out partying with her friends in the mountains, as one does, uh, catches her boyfriend with another girl, drinks a bit too much in the <laughs> oh heat no. of all that anger, and she falls into a ravine. Uh, and oh she has no. to figure out how to get home. I know, it's crazy. She's lost in the wilderness. There's an infection setting in her leg. Um... It's basically everything I want in, like, a Minnie McGinnis book. It was really awesome. Uh, just just these lush descriptions of, like, the wilderness where she's lost. Uh, I, I'm i obsessed. It's it's already one of my favorite 2020 books, and technically it's not 2020 yet. Um, what about you? Has there been anything fun on your on your list lately? Yeah, so I just finished reading Love Boat Taipei by oh. Abigail Hingwen. And I have to say, that's probably one of my favorite reads. Um, I'm going to say of 2019 because I got to read it in 2019, but it's coming out, I believe, next month, uh, January 2020. Um, so that's one definitely to look out for. It's it's romantic. It's sexy. It's, um, I don't know, it's really, really relatable as well because it's a bunch of teenagers doing stupid things and, like, who can't <laughs> relate to that? Um, I'm also about to dive into Infinity Sun um, by Adam's by Adam Silvera, and I'm extremely excited about that because it's fantasy, and Adam Silvera writing fantasy is just, well, it's the stuff of dreams. So can't wait to dive into that. But that's my next read. Yes, Adam's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so for our backlist recommendations, uh, I thought it might be fun on my end to suggest books that kind of felt like read-alikes for your novel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, I screamed about this book a lot, and there are definitely some books that uh, feel like they complement it really well that uh, came out just a few years ago. Uh, so my first backlist uh, highlight is Mira in the Sky by Aditi Karana. Um, I love Tara's story in her debut novel just so much. Um, she's just this, like, wildly relatable character. Uh, and I've definitely tried to throw this book at, like, everyone I know when it came out. Um, in the book, Mankind uh, hears from an alternate Earth uh, across the cosmos that looks just like ours. Uh, over there, on Terra Nova, it's a mirror of what's going on down here, uh, just with small differences here and there. Like, little, little bits, uh, like, different famous people, different things going on in the world. But this discovery sends humanity into this, like, existential tailspin, uh, as you can imagine it would. Because um, what does it mean to have another you on another planet? Uh, what does this raise when it comes to things like religion or history or science? It, like, calls so much of what so many people believe into question about the world and about themselves. Um, and for Tara, what's really fascinating is that she's just wrestling with who she is uh, for years. You know, this has always been her life, trying to figure out uh, what her place is like. Uh, feeling like a stranger around all the people that are around her. Um, she's like one of the only people of color at her school, and she's just always felt a little out of sorts. Uh, and now everyone around her does. Uh, suddenly everyone feels a lot like her, uh, and it changes how they behave in the book. Um, suddenly these popular kids want to hang out with her. The boy she's always liked, who's like wildly popular, starts to chase after her. Uh, everyone's questioning their own identity and what they've done, and this starts to sink into her family life, too, because her mom leaves uh, and joins a cult. Uh, oh. And I'm not going to say much more because <laughs> I don't want to ruin the book. <laughs> um, but this is like a popular reaction to the end of the world. Just not yeah. like, I'm going to join a cult now, you know. Yeah, I'm going to join a cult, find some yeah. people that... Uh, find you know, myself. <laughs> yeah. 
so this is like why catnip for me. We have like a book about identity. We have bits mm. of sci-fi. There's a cult. Um, so there's a, there's a reason why this is one of my favorite books when it came out like three years ago. And I really hope more people discover it. Um, because like, you know, we were talking about uh, Adam Silvera, you know, his books uh, have that like YA contemporary with a little bit of sci-fi going in on them. Yeah. Um, and that's what Aditi Karano's first book is like. And then her second book was this like epic YA fantasy novel called Library of Fates. Uh, and she just jumped genres so well, um, just as I'm sure Adam is going to. I'm very excited about that book. Um, and that's Mirror in the Sky uh, by Aditi Karana. Um, the book is awesome. Yeah. And perfect read-alike uh, for I Hope You Get This Message. Uh, what about you? So uh, one of my favorite reads um, that's actually constantly popping in my head these days is Want by Cindy Pond. Yes! Um, that is great. That is that is pretty hard uh, sci-fi. It also takes place in Taipei, which is really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, another uh, reason to think about Taipei, I guess, with uh, um, Love Boat. But um, so that story, oh my gosh, there's so much to, to unpack with it. But basically, <laughs> for me, I really, really like it because it basically envisions the world as like so, so polluted um, that essentially you can't go outside without some sort of, um, I guess it's kind of like a bodysuit in a way that helps you breathe. And when I read this, I was like, oh, well, that's not something I'm ever going to have to worry about for another like maybe 50, 100 years or so. <laughs> But recently I've noticed that, like, that's actually becoming a problem um, with, uh, like, fracking and other things that I had thought about a lot extensively when I was working um, with environmental lawyers. Um, so it just feels very, very timely to me now. And so that's why I keep kind of going back to it. Um, it's also just really, really uh, an inspirational story because it's about a bunch of teenagers who essentially confront the company that's in charge of these suits. Um, the other thing about these suits is that only the rich, of course, can afford them. So uh, it talks about like class warfare, essentially, environmentalism. It's also just a beautiful, really well-written story. And I believe it's a trilogy. So um, highly recommend that. It's it's one of my favorites and also just, I don't know, very, very timely and also very depressing. But at the end, it's really great because the teenagers essentially know that they're going to kick ass and basically take over um, this horrible, corrupt company that's essentially also creating the very problem that it claims to be solving. So, um, yeah, it's very good. So, so good. I remember reading that and kept thinking about... Uh... Do you remember that Exo Squad cartoon from when we were little kids? No, no. no? Oh, man. I'm like totally dating myself for some people listening to this right now. <laughs> if you're a teenager, you probably don't know what Exo Squad is. But it was like a, it was a TV show where like these people had like these like Exo suits and they flew around in space and fought things. Um, yeah, I just kept picturing those. Although that's, yeah. that's nowhere near what the suits are like in the book, but <laughs> that's, that's where my head kept going. Um, and then the sequel came out to want and like, I loved how in the sequel, it just like, it just like jumped right back in to Mm -hmm. what happened at, like, I'm not going to say what happens at the end of the book, but like, it's, there is no like, here's a prologue to catch you up on what happened or like on this last episode of Cindy Pond's books. Like it just, (laughs) just boom, right away. And if you didn't read that first book, too bad. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. I love that book. It's also just that first book though is so unforgettable. Like, Oh yeah. I, I have the memory of a goldfish. So if I read a book a couple years ago, I cannot for the life of me remember the (laughs) storyline, but that book I will never forget because it was just so, so different and so terrifying because it feels like it could actually happen. And yeah, I, I am totally fine with it. Just like jumping in because I need to know what happens next. I haven't read the sequel yet. Oh, you're going to love it. That's next for me. Uh, so my next book is, uh, We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. Um, 
So this was sort of my gateway novel into to Hutchinson's books. Um, his backlist is one I'm de- we're definitely going to talk about more on these mini episodes because he has uh, FML, uh, The Five Stages of Andrew Broadley, uh, and The Death Day Letter all hit before this book. Um, and The Death Day Letter, you know, speaking of, like, read-alikes, there's so many great YAs about teens who are, like, staring death in the face, like Denton's Little Death Date or another Adam Silvera book. They both die at the end. Yes. Um, and this could also kind of be a read-alike for I hope you get this message because the end of the world is coming and mm-hmm. death, whatever. Uh, anyhow, let's talk about aliens. That's what we're that's what we're talking <laughs> about here. Um, because yes, yes, because we are the ants. Uh, you know, aliens play a big part in this. Um, so this book came out in 2016. Um, so it was a year before Mirror in the Sky. Uh, and in this book, we meet Henry, uh, who's been getting kidnapped by aliens for years, not just once or twice, but you know. For years, uh, and in the latest abduction, they decide the fate of the world is going to rest in his hands, uh, and he can save it if he just pushes this button. Just push this button, Henry. We'll save the world. It'll be fine. Uh, but his life is not that great. His family's fallen to pieces. Uh, he lost his boyfriend last year. So he's like wrestling with whether or not the world is worth saving, which is just a fascinating thing to dig into because when you're young, you know, sometimes the world is just Really, the, the only world that exists is the one that's really close to you, you know, like your friends, your family. Uh, maybe you're not thinking about all the, everything else that's going on out there. Um, I mean, I don't think I was. I was pretty selfish <laughs> as a teenager. Who, who wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, so We Are the Ants, you know, challenges this kid to like think, think more about other people. Um, it's dark and sad and weirdly funny, as is Sean David Hutchinson's brand, um, and blends genres like the other books we were talking about in just a really brilliant way. Um, and there's a ticking clock. I think there's like, I think it's like 144 days or 140 days, some, something, 140 something days, uh, that he has to make this major decision. Uh, so yeah, more ticking clocks, more aliens. Uh, I love this book. This book is wonderful. <laughs> I've heard nothing but extremely good things. So that needs to be put on my DVR. Oh yes. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, and what's next for you? Um, so for me, I really want to talk about Rinch because the Bone Witch, Ooh. because it was one of my favorite fantasy books, probably of all time. Uh, Rinch Pico to me is kind of like the YA patron saint of righteously furious women. I like that's that. pretty much all she writes about these like really, really epically powerful women who have been wronged and then like fight back. And it is just so empowering, which is funny. Cause like, I don't think of myself very much as a fighter, but if I read a Rin Chapico book, like I'm ready to fight. <laughs> it's just so good. And Bone Witch is like very emblematic of that feeling where um, it also is just great because it's about a necromancer who is extremely powerful and um, quite literally fights back with this power. But she also has um, gone through a lot of tragedy in her life and she doesn't let that stop her. If anything, she... Um, I don't want to spoil it, but basically she, she uses her necromantic powers to, to bring back people that she has lost in her mm-hmm. life, which, yes, that sounds awesome. Um, but also the, the writing is just absolutely lush and beautiful and, um, I don't know, just very inspirational. So if you're really into fantasy, but it's kind of dark, I highly recommend it. The other thing that, uh, Rin does really, really well is, um, I love books that play with time in an interesting way. So there'll be these like almost interstitial chapters where we get to see the main character as she is like right now in this moment. But the rest of the story reads as like the history of what got her to that point. Oh, wow. And I love 
of that because it's just really, really fun and it keeps you constantly guessing. Like the pace is so, so fast because you're like, okay, well, we see her now as this like amazing, powerful thing, but like how did she get to this point? And we get to see her, you know, from when she was like a tiny nothing into now like this powerful necromancer witch type thing. So I love stories that do that. And this book does it very, very well. And there's like three books, isn't it? Isn't yes. it like three books? Yes. Wow. Oh, I really need to read those books. Yeah, uh, they're, they're beautiful. And that was that was my first taste of Renchiko's writing style. So I was like, oh, I'm a fan for life now. Excellent. Uh, and I think that's it. I think we just have these these four books yeah. from the backlist to recommend to all of you. Um, so, yeah. So thanks for, I don't know, thanks to our sponsors for making the show possible today. Um, you can follow me uh, at Eric Smith Rocks on Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, and Farrah, where, where can everyone find you? Yeah, sure. You can also find me on Twitter at... Uh, <laughs> Okay, it's a... I know, I know how you feel about your Twitter handle. <laughs> so I thought I was being very clever when I made up my uh, Twitter handle, but it makes absolutely no sense. But anyway, it's at fair, F-A-R, underscore, A-H, underscore, W-A-Y, which I guess it should read as, like, far away, but you don't pronounce my name as far. It's Farah. So it makes no sense. But anyway, that's, that's where you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, yes, we'll see you again next week for the main podcast. Uh, until then, happy reading. Happy reading.